Whiskey, whiskey, the singer's getting sore. We raise the roof now and we're lowering the floor. The band is blistered, but we got a little more. When I say one, two, you say three, four. One, two, three, four. Welcome to the podcast. It's Mark Bylock, and I am here in Windsor, Ontario, on my annual pilgrimage to the Hiram Walker Distillery. And one of our favorite guests on the podcast, Dr. Don Livermore, is here with us today. Now, um, Don, I, I've I've been corrected. I was writing a news article re- recently, and they uh, told me that I shouldn't use your name, Doctor, because you're not a medical PhD. Apparently, that's a thing. Do you have any comments on that? No comment. <laughs> okay, no, no, uh, no. But you, you do have a PhD in whiskey making. You may not be able to save my life, though. You probably could, knowing how much uh, you do whiskey. But, uh, uh, but you do have a PhD in whiskey making and brewing and distilling. Uh, and uh, these are some of my favorite podcasts that we do because we really get down into kind of whiskey making and flavor profiles. And you know, I, you know, those those that are familiar with this podcast know that Canadian whiskey makers do things differently and we're having a actually fun conversation let's let's bring this up right away if you're in if you're in Kentucky and you release a cast strength bourbon right so let's say it's bookers and bookers is usually you know age somewhere six years seven months or whatever and you blend you know let's say 40 or I don't know how many uh, they go in 40 50 barrels together and that's their cast strength because they haven't watered it down but every barrel is about the same age it's the same allotment it's been distilled around the same time uh, and they call that cast strength um, I know this isn't where we plan to talk, but that's okay. Um, but, uh, but you had an interesting point that you said, like, in, in Canada, you, so in Scotland and in Scotland, in Scotland and Kentucky, especially there's, there's always like, you put in a barrel at a certain proof point and it might change. So your, you know, your bourbon recipe might go in at a certain proof point. Your rye recipe might go in a little higher proof point, depending how long, but th- we're talking about two or three percentages difference between like rye and bourbon and kind of where it level goes into the barrel. Uh, and in Scotland, it's usually around 70% alcohol, depending again, bunch of factors, but usually they, they, pr- they, they barrel it at that, that strength. Um, you do things a little differently here. There's a wider range of how you treat grains and barrel strength. Yeah, and, and this is an interesting discussion in that Canadian whiskey is the opposite of bourbon where uh, we ferment each grain separately, mm-hmm. um, we'll distill it separately, we age it separately, and we put it together at the end. Uh, that's why they have a job like mine as a master blender. And it's kind of set up because of the definition is that way. Um, you can't do much else after the distillation process, maybe here and there around the barrel in, in the bourbon industry. But in Canada, with that definition, we actually will enter uh, strength proofs at various degrees. So our pot still whiskey we'll put in at 58% alcohol as we age it. And then our double distilled column whiskey, uh, which is typically made of corn here, we'll put it away as high as 76% alcohol. Um, so you get a real deep range of barrel strength depending on what you're putting into your blend. Um, so with our first whiskey here, it's the JP Weiser's 23 year old, I'm gonna put it in quotes right now, mm-hmm cast strength now is it really cast strength when the lowest strength of one of the components could be 58 percent or maybe even less 56 54 percent and the highest strength one could be 73 74 75 percent when you finally blend it together it will land somewhere in the in the high 60s by the time the blend so is it really cast strength or is this a whole new subcategory of the cast strength uh, revolution, shall we call it? Because you're, 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 you're saying um, 
if it's cast strength, the, the default kind of cast strength says, and you know, we've had this discussion before and on the podcast with other guests as well. There's no legal definition of cast strength. So if you buy your bourbon and it says cast strength on it, you don't know if they added, you know, liters of water in there. You, you don't know. There's, they're not obligated to not add water, but the cloak, the kind of the, the, the history of the heritage of cast strength says, which isn't very, that very long either says that if it's cast strength, no water has been added in my mind. And this is where we were debating in my mind. It's no water has been added once the whiskey has been barreled. So you put it in a barrel, yeah, take the whiskey, you age it, yeah, put it in the, you, you, you blend it with other barrels or marry it as they would say in Kentucky or Scotland, um, and then you bottle it and that's cast strength because that's the strength that came out of the cast. Yeah. Um, now, that- And typically, just to back, they've come yeah. from a single distillate. Also a good point. So they come from like one bourbon mash or it's a, it's, Single malt, like so. Booker's is yeah. the same distillate, the same mash bill, uh, and then Scotland. It's a if it's a single malt cast strength. Well, hundred percent malted barley. Uh, it comes from the same distillate, but in the case of Canadian whiskey, yeah. when we separate everything, and the in the cast strength uh, that we've done for the JP Weiser's twenty three year this year, it's a blend. It's got some rye that's been column distilled once, and then we put in double distilled corn with it. So. It's got a wide degree. So we've coined the term on the label of the bottle, cast strength blend. And as far as we are aware, I don't know if anyone else in the world has done a cast strength, shall we call it blend uh, in the world. And, and I, I gotta think somebody has. I'm not sure of somebody, but this is a blend of just different distillates together. We're, we're, and we're using the term blend in this case, the way they would use blend in Scotland, where they blending different mashes or different ingredients of whiskey, right? So in Scotland, uh, you would blend a, typically a corn-based column distilled whiskey with the malted barley, and then that would be considered a blend because it's not 100% malted barley. And that that's the kind of Scottish word of use of the blend. Um, so yeah, is this... And so we, we talked about this and we're like, well, maybe Irish whiskey does because Irish whiskey does have some so interesting, uh, but there's also so little cast strength Irish whiskey. There's so little Japanese cast strength whiskey. There's a lot of bourbon that's cast strength, but that is all the same mash bill. Or same distillate. Distillate, yeah. Same distillate. Uh, same distillate. Um, and they, there might be a few, like, you know, there's maybe a few exceptions. There's There, there are some high rye or rye bourbon blends that might be castering. So maybe that, maybe there's a little bit of this, but th- I, I, it's an interesting debate. So we're, we're, we're tr- it's, it's interesting. It may be happening, but nobody has coined the term cast strike blend. It might be out there and we just unknowingly have done it as whiskey producers. Well, we're also being in this podcast, as you know, we we're very, we love the word blend. And I think that's a wonderful word because uh, you know, we, we have, you know, Drew Bear, uh, Drew Mayville from uh, Buffalo Trace, you know, he's a Canadian blender. Like Canadians are known for their blending because this is the art of Canadian whiskey is to blend. You have a palette of whiskeys made from different, different, uh, different mash bills or typically one grain specifically. Um, so we love the word blend. And I love the word that you're using the word blend on the bottle and cast strength together because it celebrates really what a lot of whiskeys are is, is just wonderful blends of whiskey and that, that art of blending, which is very um, consistent throughout the product line this year more than ever before on the Northern uh, Border Collection. Yes. Shall we partake? Yes, let's shall. Let's, let's shall. Partake. Um, yes. So this is going to be the re- this is the replacement to the thirty five. So 
uh, to review, the Notoboria Collection uh, is an annual release, kind of like annual release, kind of like the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection, where every year there's something a little different. Um, but the the brands are the same. So we have the J.P. Weisers, the Pikes Creeks, the Gooderham Warts, and the Law 40. Yeah, go ahead, pop it. Boom. There we go. There we go. Yes. Um, so this is gonna last year. The last two years we had a 35 year old J.P. Weisers. Today we have a 23, and it's the Cast Strength Blend. J.P. Weisers before has never been Cast Strength. This is this is new. This is new, and I think the followers of the J.P. Weisers. I know we had a 35 year old last year, and I know people were fans of that whiskey here. And uh, aged inventory is rare and hard to find, so we wanted to, to change it up a little bit this year and change the offering to a 23 year old because that's what we had in inventory. But we wanted to add some value back to the consumer and try this cast strength blend uh, for the consumer. So it is blended a traditional as a Weiser's drinker would expect, but adding no water, adding no water. Absolutely. And uh, it's got that column distilled rye in it. So it gives you those nice peppery uh, notes. Um, certainly that cereal note should come through. Uh, a lot of times I'll tell people, don't ask me how much rye is in my whiskey. Ask me how much for ethyl guyacol is in my whiskey, mm-hmm. because really that's what the, the rye whiskey rye drinker notice. is looking for. Um, certainly at cast strength here uh, today, we have a prototype in front of us. Uh, I have the expectations this is going to land somewhere between 65 to 70% ABV, uh, uh, which is high in the terms of the world of cast strength whiskeys. But at at this highest strength, I would expect one to have a lot of nice cinnamon notes, which is uh, coming from what we call a cinnamon aldehyde, which comes off the lignin burning of the wood. I think the last time we we had a discussion, I said lignin's the world's most unappreciated molecule. Mm -hmm. Uh, And certainly in this case, at a high strength, I think it would be coming through more, uh, certainly in the taste uh, of of this whiskey uh, at at that strength. And it's complemented nicely with those high rye spicy notes that um, certainly for ethyl glycol, the eugenol gives you that nice clove note um, inside of that whiskey. And, and this one is just beautiful. And I think if you drink it, you wouldn't expect yet. Yeah, you really, this is in the, in the high sixties. It, it is, is beautifully smooth aged out at that 23 year mark. I mean, it, it is, it is so rare to taste a whiskey at this high proof already. Now the one we're having today is close to 70, uh, I believe. Yeah, seventy one point one, but I don't. I, I my expectation is I don't think the final blend will be that. I think by the time somebody hears this podcast, it should probably probably be out there. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it is it is incredibly different, and I think it's great for the Canadian whiskey category. Cheers, eh? Oh yes, cheers. <laughs> cheers. Hey, that's yes, right. Yeah. Um, this, um, I think I, what I like about this is there's, um, there's a char note that's so familiar with, uh, kind of JP Weiser's, the, the 15, the 18, the 35, uh, range. Um, but it's, it's, it's delicate compared to the volume of flavor we're getting on this. As you said, this isn't the final release. The rest of what we're tasting will be the final release. It's the only one that's not yet been bottled. Um, which is kind of exciting because you're, you've picked out the ratios of everything. It's just a matter of pouring those barrels yeah, and, and finding that what the final uh, proof point is going to be. Honestly, when we've been playing with this as laboratory prototypes, some of the whiskeys we've been getting in, uh, in the laboratory have been in the low fifties and some of them in like 73, 74%. So yeah. it's going to be interesting where this thing lands. Hence, 
I, I keep going back to that cast strength blend. I, I don't know what you call this. Um, I, I, I think it, it maybe this might be intriguing if we do go out down this road year after year after year. What is those strengths of whiskey going to be? Because it, it matters where it is in the warehouse. But you are committed. This is a cast strength, so you're not going to water this down. So whatever it ends up being... That's it. That's it. And that's what the painful part about of it. I know we had a conversation with our uh, uh, packaging expert today, Louis Bondi, and oh, he, yeah. he was saying, oh, I, he was telling us we hate doing these as a producer because we bottle this weeks ahead, run it down the bottling line, take it out of the p- packages again, run it down again to add the label to determine what the strength of alcohol is going to be. So They're doing it twice. Yeah, I'm not sure what other, other whiskey producers do with cast strengths, but that is an extra step. And ex- when you're doing these cast strengths, you have no idea what the, the strength is going to be, especially when you send these to the printer. Hey, you know, so every year we have this discussion, what's going to be the star of the, the collection this year? Um, this is a booming whiskey it's got so much char and it's got spice and it's got citrus um i for me that the sweet note for me is very it's feel it tastes like that cotton candy that blue cotton candy note that's very yeah. uh familiar that i really enjoy um that's, which is tough because that's, that's you know what by the way it's a compound called maltol if anyone's looked at my whiskey wheel i encourage you to, to look at that it's the canadian whiskey flavor wheel that i've developed uh, certainly you can follow me on instagram or twitter or linkedin at cdn whiskey doc you know whiskey's without an e in canada mm-hmm. uh cdn whiskey doc and you can see the flavor wheel there and maltol is one of those components that will definitely come in out of the cellulose part of burning wood and it tends to be a higher compound usually mm-hmm. and and it's funny when we we talked about earlier oh, a little bit of a cotton candy note and i said yeah it should be that, that's that, that's exactly the component when you burn wood. And Every time come I come that. here, I, I, I come out with some wild tasting note, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's from this. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll talk about another tasting note I had uh, around pancakes that I, I thought was an interesting conversation. But, um, yeah, and, and I mean, going back to that point where, you know, the chemicals, the, the, what you taste in the whiskey are flavor components that come from the oak or from the fermentation process or from distillation. They're, they're, they're there. They're the same thing. Vanilla was the obvious example. We say vanilla, no, of course, because it's in the wood, but there's so many other flavor uh, molecules in there. Absolutely, and it's one of the struggles we face with as a Canadian whiskey producer is because, just to step back, if if you're new into the audience here, is that Canadian whiskey, all we have to do is be made of grain, fermented, aged, and distilled in Canada, aged in a wooden barrel of less than 700 liters for a minimum of three years. They don't tell us how to distill it, so Mm -hmm. I can double column distill it and make a light whiskey. I can mm-hmm. single column distill it just like bourbon to make mm-hmm. a heavy whiskey or we can column and pot distill it to concentrate up the flavor. So distilling will shape your whiskey. In Canada, all we have to do is be a wooden barrel of less than 700 liters. So we can change the wood around. We can use them over and over again or we can finish in certain types of barrels. They, they don't restrict what we can do. And honestly, to me, that makes Canadian whiskey diverse. I, I think the... The, the eye-opening part for me is that how you column distill something. And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, column distillation, you're kind of muting flavors. But that's not really what you're doing. The first time, you're 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 isolating flavors, but the pot still then accentuates those flavors. That's exactly. And, uh, column distills keep all your flavors minus the sulfur. Right. Right. If you remember, remember that, right? Because sulfur gets tied up in the copper. Copper in the still makes that copper sulfate salt at the top of the stills. Um, so single column distill traditionally that's how bourbon is done we do that in canada as well and that's mm-hmm. one of my rye ingredients that i'm blending into this jp weiser's 23 year old uh, is a single column distilled rye big bold 
whiskey. Um, if I call them distill it twice, dub DD, we call it double distills. That makes light grain whiskey in the world of scotch. They call it grain whiskey. We just internally, we call it DD here, double distilled. And that's light, smooth whiskey. That's what traditionally Canadian whiskey is. And that's part of the Wiser's portfolio mm-hmm. is light, smooth whiskey. Cause that's what consumers want. I mean, that's that they want that whiskey to taste smooth Canada. And then the, the pot stills, with the heads and tails cutting, you know, the heads take out a green grass, raw character. The tails cut out a soapy character. So that allows you to concentrate up those fruity notes, those floral notes, and those grain spicy notes. Sometimes I use the word it sharpens up your whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what the pot distillation will do. So that's the creativity I'm talking about. That's what make, that's the diversity of Canadian whiskey. And I often will say, you know what, Canadian whiskey is diverse. It matches us as Canadians. Yes, it does. You're absolutely right. And <laughs> it does. And and it, we, though we do also finish our whiskeys in different barrels, we, that's just one thing we do. There's many other aspects of Canadian whiskey that we can get to. Yeah. And if you take a look at the whiskey wheel that I referred to, I, I can, it shows you where I can draw in flavors when you're blending whiskey and it either comes from the fermentation or yeast or the wood and how we prepare the wood or how we finish it in wood or, or the grains we choose can influence it. And I think to tell that story as a Canadian is difficult because we're such a wide array of what we can do. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit confusing to consumers, to be honest with you. And and one of the things I've been working on, Lisa, and I've had an ch- opportunity to talk to you with about is how do you put a picture to what you're drinking inside of your whiskey? Yeah. And I so think... So the flavor wheels are going to come back. We, last time with this <laughs> podcast... I've had enough to drink, I can commit to this. We're doing the flavor wheels there. They're a lot of work, but we're going to talk about those flavor wheels. So we don't have them here in the studio, but you have them memorized anyway. Yeah, yeah I, I, and it is great. I think us as Canadians as a challenge is just, is telling our consumers what our whiskey is all about. Yeah. The good quality things, and, and we can be very diverse array to it. And I think we as Canadians you know, have to stop apologizing. And mm-hmm. people like Davin de Kergamo uh, and Drew and, I, and myself, uh, uh, Andreas as well with Bareface, we're all going out there explaining our brands mm-hmm. uh, on what we are and what we can do. And I think it's a great place to be. Yeah, I mean, we can make many different flavors in our whiskeys. And uh, and uh, we got four examples. We only started with one here at this right. point. But uh, uh, I think it, it is a wonderful category to be a blender. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the world. And, and that's another reason why I love that you call it a cast strength blend because that's uh, I feel you know a lot of industries are always apologizing for that word blend, especially in Scotland. They're like, oh no, it's a blend. But you know the, the reality is this is what Canada does best, and that's uh, yeah. it's a great symbol. And I mean this line we get the Goodrem and Warts and and how what a blender's playhouse that is. But in overall, this is all about blending really terrific whiskey out of great ingredients. Yeah. All right, let's show. All right, we're going to go to, uh, where are we going next? Where do you want You want to talk about Lot 40? All right, let's do Lot 40. Yeah, let's do it. So Lot 40. All right, here we go. Boom. Oh, that was good. That yeah. was really nice pop. So Lot 40 castering. So um, I'll do the I'll do the 101 um, uh, for Lot 40. So um, I'll explain this and then you can correct me on everything that I've said wrong. But um, Canadian whiskey generally, um, if you look at, if you compare Canadian whiskey to um uh, to blend a scotch. Uh, in Scotland, they'll have malted barley as a flavor ingredient, and they typically do a lot of uh, high-proof corn distillation. They blend the two things, and that's where you get blended scotch. Of course, there's a lot of other combinations. I'm just talking about very traditional kind of blended scotch. In Canada, we do the same thing with corn, but typically we do that separately, and then we make a rye, 100% rye separately, and then we blend those together, and that's kind of the, you know, kind of the, the rail uh, whiskey, as you would call it. Um, La Forty 
essentially kind of give, again, you'll tell me the real story, but it came out the fact that this is the flavor component. This is that, that 10% or whatever it was, you'll never tell me what it is, but that, that, that percentage of the flavor compound, this is just all 100% of that flavor com- component uh, in the whiskey. So it's the best of our rides, 100% rye. There's no malt anything in there, which uh, is a whole other uh, whole other thing of difficulty in making this whiskey. Um, and so lot number 40 is available pretty much everywhere in North America and US and Canada, especially um, you can get it. And then once a year, the cast strength comes out, which you know has been something that started as a grassroots, uh, largely because Don, you and team were inviting writers like myself and, and bartenders and said, hey, what do you think about whiskey out of the barrel? That's just the rye. And we kind of went nuts a little overboard about how much we liked it. And then we're like, please bottle this. Like, we'll never bottle this. And then like a couple of years later, like we're bottling this. Like, oh my God, that's amazing. And then you provided us with like three other brands along the way, which has been at the same time. So every year it's a little different though. It's, it is a little bit. And that, that, that's a great summation. I couldn't have did it better myself. All right, awesome. <laughs> great. Uh, so Cash Strength Lot 40, um, uh, Mark, as you said, is our flavoring whiskey that's been pot distilled. And I know you said how you talked about rye and percentages. I don't like talking about percentages because really distilling shapes your whiskey and how you distill it can concentrate up those rye flavors. Like I said, ask me how much 4-ethyl Gaia calls in my whiskey, not uh, how much uh, rise in my whiskey, 219 parts per billion. Um, <laughs> yes. Secondly, the new uh, peated range. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, so... It, it it was a really fantastic whiskey and the excitement for the first two years we we took out inventories that were rare and that we age declared and the audience here are certainly lot 40 fans especially lot 40 cast strength fans so much so uh we had to take a little bit of a different direction this year and do a little bit of a twist to our whiskey so it's non-age declared this year uh, no age statement on it. But so my sense was we want to be able to stick within the core fundamentals of Lot 40. So it has to be pot distilled rye, uh, aged in brand new virgin oak barrels, and, and 100% rye as are, are the three things that we work around. So this year I wanted to work around what we can do around brand new oak. So Lot 40 cast strength, first aged in brand new American oak barrels. We took it out of those casts and we did a twist. We aged it in brand new French oak barrels. So it's been doubly aged. Um, it sits at uh, 75% French oak barrels and the last 25 are the new American oak barrel because uh, we didn't know how sweet uh, this may give because French oak, uh, as uh, the audience may or may not know, gives you certainly high vanilla notes in your whiskey uh, in comparison to the American oak, which gives you the high lactones. Um, commenting on this this year you certainly the the wood four notes will come out through especially at the high strength um and then i find it finishes with those rye spices so um one might think the rice is a little bit tampered down a little bit less in this one it quite honestly is the opposite way around there's just more wood characteristics that's coming out in this whiskey and it sits and lands at um 57.0 percent abv and i trust me 0.0 we're not watering it to 0.0 it just happened to land at 57.0 so uh cheers to that cheers, cheers a we say cheers a in canada we don't really <laughs> no um i um this is this is a big surprise for me because i think this was one of those like um expectations versus what's there i've had this product last year and i remember raving about it and i was like okay this is really great because you're getting um i mean we you know you it's it's terrible to say but you're kind of getting that 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 pancake 
you know, you, you think you think of France, you think of the kind of sweet flavors, and you do get a lot of those uh, those flavors. Uh, what I really liked is our conversation. We're like. I, I, my fruit in my notes, I'm like, ah, this pancake kind of batter. It's kind of got this sweetness and this, and it's got all this texture and the butterness. And I'm like, but what fruit? And I couldn't figure, I could just, I couldn't picture the fruit note that came through this. And you're, you're like, well, you're like, I think like, and you kind of went through this. I'm like, banana, it's gotta be banana. And I'm like, I wasn't thinking banana because I normally think of banana. I think of like, uh, um, uh, you know, like Tennessee whiskey, I'll just say in general, but like that kind of banana note, but it's more, this is more like kind of the banana foster kind of just burnt banana note that I really, really love. Uh, brown sugar notes. Um, it's, it's just wonderfully fruity. Uh, you get kind of the black tea, the buttery, the, the, the spicy finish. It smells a little less lot of that Oak over kind of, it doesn't smell like La 40. So I was a little taken aback by that. And we had a lot of conversations about this, but I think um, at this proof point, it's uh, it's gonna do really well. I think this is gonna attract a bit of a different audience too, which I really like. I think I think Law Forty cast strength in general is a very opinionated whiskey. Like if you did the twelve and the eleven next to each other, like you need to love Canadian whiskey and you're gonna love this even more. It's a very kind of wonder like that's the audience. This is a little more rounded, and I'm kind of curious how this is gonna how this is gonna taste. I, uh, with I, an audience, I, I, I'm I, just, I just think it adds to the collectability of, of this Law Forty Cast Strength uh, line. I say, yeah, you know what? We may do this for this one year, and it may be the third edition of it, and that might be the only time we do it. Yeah, I mean, we had opportunities to try Lot Forty in different barrel finishes. I'm not going to tip my hand, but we went out to the warehouse today, Mark, to try different. We did, and it can yeah. change so dramatically depending on which barrel type you put it into, and some of them will. Uh, accentuate the rye spiciness some of them just just covers it up and in the in the case of with the uh, french oak that we put on with this one i i think it complemented it nicely and i think it could just turn heads just a little bit i said yes this is something and this comes back to the innovativeness of canadian whiskey yeah i this i mean seriously it's the same distillate that we've been putting into lot 40 year after year after year but you do one little twist to it yeah it just changes it and accentuates you talk, and I think it reminded you of the the moment you have with your young kids. Yeah, yeah. Right, you put bananas in your pancakes and everything. Certainly, the brown sugar notes certainly come. And it, it brought, and that's what we find whiskey does. It brings back, bring back childhood memories or memories you have or experiences that you have. And I, and it's funny that this 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 one did here. And I know I do. I, I, I encourage the audience to, again to please follow me on. The, uh, on CDN Whiskey Doc, and I, I'll do Blending 101. If you mm-hmm. want an opportunity to do Blending 101 and learn how to blend whiskey, go to jpwiserstour.ca, and, and you can sign up, and I'll tell you, I'll bring out 200 different things and variants and twists and turns of what we do with whiskeys, and the, the, the um, Lot 40 that's aged in French oak is the ingredient I go through the most. And, and this this is the other thing is you're if you do that tasting you will be tasting potential future products of the following year like because this ended up being you know yeah but you've well, been yeah. using this as an ingredient for the past year like oh look I just did some stuff in French oak by the way this is the next product like here you go I mean it's not exactly the same but it's because it's, it, it, it's satin you know it gets yeah, a very variability in, in warehouses yeah. and, and things of that nature but uh when i'm doing that blending 101 uh and i look at trust me i do observations i'm a scientist through and through yeah and i see people picking it up and loving it in the comments i said well why not let's try yeah. it let's see i mean again 
this is a small rare release it's a collectible it's one to probably have in your whiskey cabinet and it's one to talk about with your friends i said you know here's whiskey year one year two year three and this is the change and the twist we've done to it and it's a great educational tool you can impress upon with your friends yeah <laughs> I, I i think it's gonna score really well the then i mean the the, the french oak really does bring out a, a nice sweetness and kind of settles the the spice. So I'm I am very curious. I I I mean I'll have my own uh, rating on online. It's that, but it's just it, I'm curious to see. But I think the having tasted this from last year to this year, the kind of evolution you get out of the sugars, I think, is really wonderful. And I'm uh, um, I, yep, this is going to be. I I'm going to follow your podcast comments here, Mark, and, uh, and see what people's see what comments. Are. I mean, this I, will I don't be, know which way it'll go. I, I, you know, I, I actually, I honestly don't know because I, I could see an audience that just loves that lot for you. Be like, I don't know, this isn't quite what I was expecting. But I could see other people going like. I didn't like the other stuff before, but this stuff is really great. And I certainly have friends that are they're like, ah, oh, La Forty, I don't know. But like, personally, I think they're crazy because I think La Forty is delicious. But you have a, that variety of flavor profiles that uh, people yeah. have and what they prefer. And La Forty is opinionated. It's a yeah, very it's a very opinionated uh, whiskey. You know, I, I I see them. Trust me, I'm the guy that sees them on Twitter and <laughs> you Instagram. Do. But um, but I think again, this is this is the fun that I have as a blender is playing with this stuff, and I love to get the audience the opportunity to educate what we can do in the whiskey world you mm -hmm. you get to think in my world now when you see a re-release like like this and uh i love it i i to be honest with you i think it's the best of the three mm -hmm. uh because i do love that nice sweet vanilla notes that french oak that certainly offers it i, I trust me i know what we pay for those barrels uh and it just adds that value to the consumer and i i, I love it out of the three and that's this is my wheelhouse to be honest with you yeah no, that's important to mention as well i mean I think I say this of a, of a few brands, not many, but like this, you don't really make money on this so much as this is, this is like the reward for people to, that love whiskey. Here's the stuff, drink it. It's, it's our playhouse. This is what we're, we're producing right now. But, um, there's no way, I mean, you're selling so much Law 40 already and JP Weiser's even mm. more so you don't need to do this. You know what? If you want to influence maybe Law 40, come to one of my blending classes. Cause oh, I boy. pay attention. <laughs> I pay attention <laughs> to what people say. So, uh, yes. Uh, JP Weiser, steward.ca. If you, if you really want to, nope. to learn and blend whiskey and see what I'm playing with, I certainly love to, to hear everyone's input and, and which directions we can go with these brands. No, oh, that's awesome. Um, let's go to, let's go to Gooderham's cause, um, sure. that is your playhouse. That's a, so Gooderham, Gooderham Works is, um, uh, if you're not from Toronto, uh, it is, a you know, it was really founded a lot of the whiskey movement in Canada, uh, family that started as, um, as Millers and eventually made a whisk. Oh, hold on. Pause. Oh yeah. That's, that's a good, good one. one too. Um, and so they, um, they, they started making whiskey and really towards the end of, of the, the company before the kind of, you know, before the 1920s, that's what they did. They made whiskey. Um, it's a brand that's been revived in, uh, in Canada and made it a different distillery. But what I like about the original story, you, know, you can tell, I have actually heard the new story, but this whiskey specifically, but, um, you went originally when we first had talked, I don't know, maybe three years ago, he said, we did four grains because we figured Graham Wards milled all the grains. So you've got your wheat, you got your rye, you got your uh, barley, and you've got your corn. So um, that was kind of the idea behind the four grain is like, let's take advantage of 
all the grains that you would have had in a whiskey. Because in the old days, in the 1800s, it was just like, here's the grain we have left over. Let's make whiskey. That's, and they would have did a mash bill back they then. They would have mash bill. More like they a would have did style. a mash bill. Yeah. Well, today, today, through the years, Canadian whiskey has evolved to separating everything. Right. And, and quite honestly, you don't have to do it that way. But if you want to be an innovator, that's the simplest way to innovate uh, down the road and and honestly the original mash bill of the Gooderham and Warts would have had a fifth grain in it which was oats mm-hmm. uh, it's one of those grains we don't distill here and I, I don't know all I can think of is nay but it was in line with that and but what we love about the Gooderham and Warts franchise it's a it's a territory that we as blenders here get to play with what we're working on um, so the, the second year we did it, we went to JP Wise, or, or sorry, Goodham and Warts, Little Trinity, which we age declared it at a 17 year and Little Trinity was a church in the Goodham and Warts distilling, um, uh, area where, uh, that they, the, all their parishioners from the distillery went to church. The following year was the Gooderham and Warts 11 Souls. Uh, Gooderham, when he traveled overseas t- to, to land in Toronto, it was a deathly journey where uh, many uh, people perished and there happened to be 11 orphans on the on the ship. And so that's why we called it 11 Souls and I had 11 different ingredients blended in that whiskey. So it was very complex, lovely, lovely whiskey. Um, this year we went and to keep with the Gooderham theme, well, what's in around the Toronto? If anyone's in the Toronto, they would know the Flatiron Building. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the triangular-looking building, I should say. On the, it's on the street address. It's called Forty Nine Wellington. So we've named this Gooderham Awards Forty Nine Wellington. And if you look at the building, it's iconic red brick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was challenged from the brand team. How can you make this red? I said, oh, gee. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, I, I like those Easter eggs. We call them Easter eggs. How, yeah. how, how can you stay in that theme? So a couple of things we, we found as Easter eggs. We, we kept, went back to the wheat, and the wheat we use in this uh, whiskey here is red winter wheat. Mm-hmm. So I find it gives an interesting anise or a black licorice flavor in your whiskey. Um, there's not a lot of wheat in it, but there, there is some, and it comes through subtly uh, on the undertones of the whiskey. Um, the other thing is... Um, uh, red, we used uh, red oak in this one. Yeah, that's a surprise. Not a lot, but just no. That no, we've been playing with inserts inside the barrels for the last number of years, and this is the one we've been playing. So they, they take the head off the barrel and, and they put the inserts. A number of whiskey producers will do it to get to bring in flavors to finish a whiskey. Uh, red oak is very interesting, especially when I do my blending 101. Uh, uh, the comments I get from it is British Columbia, and is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, it gives an interesting cedary note I find to the whiskey, yeah, and it's I, a little harsh. Yes, a hundred percent red oak would be a little overwhelming, so it is in the blend here. But we wanted to add that red uh, red oak to it. And lastly, if anyone is a fan of J.P. Weiser's franchise, I know this is Gooderham franchise, but if they remember a J.P. Weiser's red letter mm-hmm. from years ago, we had some inventory of that kicking around, and so we put red letter in, into this. So uh, between those three red themes, and of course. If it's 49 Wellington, what's the strength going to be? 49%. 49%. So that's uh, where we landed at that. Yes. Cheers. Cheers. I, um, on Red Letter, I one of one of my regrets in life is, I, I this is a small regret. However, still, whiskey-wise, um, when I was, uh, the original before Lawford Castor got released, he also gave me Red Letter. I never reviewed Red Letter, which I also scored ridiculously well. It just never came out. But, um, 
but uh, that was also an interesting, uh, yeah, interesting. Col- was column still? What was it? It's just double column distilled uh, base whiskey, corn base whiskey, whiskey yeah. yeah. And it is all about barrels. That's all yeah. about brand new oak barrels. Yeah. And this has got a good chunk or a good percentage of the red letter in this one. So certainly you're going to get the nice vanilla caramel toffee notes as you expect with brand new uh, virgin oak barrels. And it's American oak that we used on this. And it's just, I mean, it's just beautifully blended i i just love playing with this one and uh and i know as i'm tasting it here i just doesn't even think it's 49 percent abv to be no. honest with you and, and and it's gonna taste a little different every time you have it i feel because there's so many flavor components here um the so two, two questions about this one um wheat so from a chemical perspective explain because i feel like when somebody says wheat i always kind of get a certain like I guess half the palate, not like the way corn does, but there's a certain like, like to me, it's almost like a f- provides more interesting flavors, but doesn't have a lot of flavor itself. But what, how do you? Wheat, wheat is soft. I yeah, find wheat is a soft, like a soft breadiness. Yeah. I, yeah. Because I almost, I, I, I jokingly say it, it's almost that Tim Hortons, that Timbit kind of yeah. breadiness. I, I have children it's so when they're subtle, right? Yeah. It's there. But the interesting thing I find with this uh, red winter wheat that it has that black licorice note to me. Mm-hmm. I, it's not in your face in this one, but if you were to taste uh, the wheat component on its own, it's right out there. I right. mean, it is very, very right out there. It, and it, I, I, when I have bartenders that come on VIP tours with us uh, and they have the straight wheat right out of the cask. Oh, that, that's that's interesting. So delicious. Like it, it is. It last, is. Yeah. It grows on you. At first, yeah. like, people, that's bizarre because nobody really does a straight... 100% wheat whiskey. Nobody does that. As far right. as I'm aware, maybe somebody does. I'm, I don't say nobody does, yeah. but it's very rare to see. But someday, you know, maybe that we will do 100% wheat whiskey. I'd be very curious as to what people's comments. And, and it's a component I'd love to play with. Uh, but I find at high levels, it, it's mixed feelings. It's a mixed feeling. So I, usually when I blend it, I keep it a little bit of a lower level. But it adds a nice bready tone, breadiness to it, and a little bit of that Again, a, a little bit of a licorice licorice kind of note uh, coming out on it. Yeah, the, the, the kind of the licorice, the, the black tea type of notes on it are... Uh, yeah, if you call the black tea, similar, that's what yeah, I'm calling yeah, it. Yeah, kind of, yeah. And certainly like the vanilla extract, all in that same, both the kind of sharpness. The that, vanilla would certainly be coming in from the brand new uh, barrels that's from that red letter. Yeah, I, um, I my, my interesting one here was I got... Uh, powder sugar on it for some reason. I don't know why, but uh, on the nose especially. But uh, this is always, um, I I think uh, this is always an interesting one because like you get to kind of choose whatever you it's want. It's interesting when you say powdered sugar. Yes. That's probably, probably a breaded product that's made with wheat. Oh, interesting. Really? So you're telling me powdered sugar is made of wheat. Well, whenever you smell powdered sugar, it's probably yeah. on a like a, a donut or oh, a of course. cookie crisp yes, or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I learned so much every time I'm here. That that makes so much sense. Um, the anyway, terrific. Uh, this this one is. Um, I think the Graham Awards are just generally kind of the whiskey drinkers' favorites uh, in in that that range of uh, of of what they what we like because it's got that complexity to it. I love the for this one. I really enjoy the marketing gives you a challenge, and then you have like 1.6 million barrels to choose from, but 
a lot of them are the same, so that's not really. I'm, I'm simplifying what you do. It's, 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 you, you have uh, tough choices to make of barrels, and then you kind of get to say, okay, how do we make the story work with the whiskey? Which I think is also a unique story to Canada, because like, I mean, if you go to if you go to Kentucky and say, like, okay, okay, why don't we celebrate this? Well, you've got the two or three mash bills, and that's it. So now you're kind of, but here you're bringing together things in, in a way that makes and sense. Quite honestly, that blending 101 that I've done, mm-hmm. quite honestly, I've probably saved 250 consumer recipes. Right, nice, Not nice. one of them is the same. Right, yeah, yeah. Not one of them is the same, and I actually know the average percent alcohol. What if I average them all out? I know what average, what people want. What is it? It's 46% alcohol. <laughs> That's amazing. And I know the ride level. What's that? Again, it's how it's distilled, but I know yeah. the, how we distill the, our the, stuff. The, yeah. But I I understand the rye level that people are looking for, and yeah. it's not by happenstance that J.P. Weiser's triple barrel rye mm-hmm. sits at that level. Interesting. Well, that uh, the, and that's average. This is what yeah. when you average it out. So when you get to separate all these components, put in all these separate barrels and everything else, and you put it in front of people, what do they choose? It's interesting what what they choose and they find enlightening. And I find the red oak in this one in particular was a, a very popular ingredient. Mm-hmm. French oak is very popular, and and certainly pot distilled rice are very popular. <laughs> it's like it's like you're doing market research on us as we're doing market research it's on the, you. It's the wisdom of the crowd, though, Mark. Yeah, it is. It is. I I, <laughs> I have a favorite one with uh, uh, Brian and I from uh, Toronto Whiskey Society, which I'll, I'll post links to their reviews of some of the whiskeys we're tasting today. Um, we can We were here on a on a tour together uh, on a media thing, and and we made our own kind of whiskey, and it was. Definitely outside your averages of proof point. You brought the average up that day. That we, we definitely did. We definitely did. Because I remember, <laughs> I remember we got like, hey, Don, this is what you made. And he like took us a healthy sip, expecting 46% alcohol. And guess what, folks? It was probably everything gas strength. <laughs> they like, never added water. water. What? No, there was no water in there the at only, all. The only people to fail blending 101. <laughs> no. <laughs> Our palates were. No, but that, I remember like. Don, take a sip going, <coughs> that was a little I was, It was a little bit unexpected, but I mean, but that's the fun part. Yeah. Isn't that the fun part? I mean, I, I know we're going to get people reviewing our whiskeys here, and some will be high reviews, some will be low reviews. I mean, but I think making whiskey, that's what it's all about. Yeah. I, I think the ingredients we have are very good quality, uh, no matter what combination you put together and and. You could tell I have fun with my job. You could tell I, have fun I with can't my imagine job. having a better job. Um, all right, we're gonna go to Pikes Creek next. Now, this is Oloroso Sherry, twenty-one year aged. Boom. Um, this is I. Th- I'm gonna definitely say I, I need to do kind of at home tasting notes, but this is definitely my favorite Pike Creek I've had, and well, well, released Pike Creek because we went a little tasting. Um, but, um, this is definitely, and what I like about this Pike Creek, and you can tell me what I like the more about the whiskey specifically, but I, what I like about this is, um, this tastes, even though it's a 21 year old product, I get it, but it's, it tastes, it has that little bit of youthfulness that I really enjoy. It's got that. And you're going to say it's the peppery spice of the rye or something. I, I, I know it. You're going to tell me, yeah, the rye, da, da, da. but that to me just kind of amps up the flavor, but you get the caramel, you get a beautiful caramel, you get the spice, you get the cinnamon spice that you would expect. Um, uh, kind of like the stuff we talked about, vanilla extracts, that kind of the, the, the flavors. But um, but also the most interesting thing about this whiskey for me is the finish, because 
I've still yet to stop tasting this. I felt like I tasted this about seven or eight hours ago, and the finish just keeps... It's just, it's I'm there. Gonna, I'm going to kind of stop you as okay. you were going through your tasting uh, review there, but it's not youthful. No, I, I get it, but it just, it, I, I guess my biggest criticism before is like, I feel like it's like, like I don't always like old whiskey. You know what I mean? I'm not always, in the, we talked about moods. I'm usually not in a mood for an old whiskey. I usually yeah. like a young whiskey, a whiskey yeah. that tastes yeah. young to me. This is a 21 year old whiskey, right? Yes. This is a 21 no, I understand. year old <laughs> yeah. But it's just, it's just, I like that little, yeah. I like that little. We did a little bit of. Uh, different this year, and I think it's going to be unique to the Canadian whiskey category. Was where we took uh, the Pike Creek, uh, twenty-one-year-old um, light base whiskey, uh, uh, out of the barrel uh, about six months ago, and we regaged it. We call it regaging or finishing it mm-hmm. in uh, Oloroso sherry casks. That's it. No, I, no, no secrets. I, yeah, that's all you did, and that's all we did. And we got yeah. a, a touch of rye in it as well, because uh, we wanted a little bit of spice. We want some spice. So yeah. this Canadian whiskey, we want a little spice. There's a touch of uh, column distilled rye that's in this one, but it is a 21 year old whiskey finished in an Oloroso sherry cask, which we, I think, to your comment, toned down a little bit of the aged impression. Yes. So aging whiskey is very terroir oriented and very warehouse lore, um, uh, oriented where it gives you that green apple ethyl acetate note in whiskey. And what I found when we finished in an oil kind of t- t- not that it went away. Yeah. It, it, it covered it up a little bit and replaced it with that nice peppery notes, the nice wine notes, the, the nice richness. I just find this Oloroso to be very rich. Uh, it is. And it, it is dangerously smooth it is dangerously smooth this whiskey here and it, and it holds cheers. Cheers. cheers yeah yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. and it holds up that we we're tasting this last which people would say this is out of order because it's 45 percent alcohol so it holds up so well it holds up next to the cast strength holds up next to grand morphs holds up next to 23 year old cast strength like it holds up really well okay 70 percent alcohol maybe <laughs> maybe a little uh but uh but it holds up very well uh that that volume of flavor that you get out of uh, out of it uh, and there's a lot going on in that yeah in this whiskey uh, uh unbelievable i love playing with these oloroso casks i mean i don't know if anybody's doing a lot of it in canada or any at all uh maybe a little bit in north america maybe there's some bourbons or some american whiskeys out there that are doing it but it's it's they're hard to get those barrels yeah they're not they're not easy to get those barrels and uh we had an opportunity to, to buy them we got it and we thought this was right for this franchise i mean we have four high quality whiskeys here that are very different right from a very high cast strength blend mm-hmm. uh to a cast strength lot 40 in french oak to some red oak uh, and uh, red winter wheat in the Gooderham and Warts to Oloroso uh, uh, finish in the Pike Creek. I'm going to very curious and I'm going to follow your podcast. Everybody has comments, which is their favorite out of the four. Yeah. They're very, very different, very good uh, in their own right. And I think it just the quality of Canadian whiskey is just getting better and better and better. And I know you saw today or you had an opportunity what's in the pipeline for us. Yeah. Wow, that's very exciting. Uh, I mean, it's 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 just going to get even better, and it's great, exciting times for for Canadian whiskey. I I feel like um, other times I've been here, it, it's it's there's like oh maybe this will be next year, but like I feel like this time around, I I there's a lot of stuff I couldn't post. There's just the stuff that's coming out in the pipe. Um, you're just gonna keep amping up what you're doing right now, uh, which also makes the collectability of these whiskeys really interesting. 
also further the point um they're also hard to kind of get the law 40 cast rank seems to sell out immediately almost that this is i mean myself included we're all at fever pitch at getting that every single year um just for the american audience we are going to introduce uh cast rank law 40 into america into into two states Oh, two states. Uh, yeah, into the Massachusetts area and into the Illinois area. Just a very rare select few bottles. The challenge with the U.S. is it becomes labeling because all the states are a little bit different and right. what you put on the back. But we are going to at least get some to, oh, to America this year. So that's a change. Yep. Uh, the other three will remain in Canada. So you find a, a friend in Canada to try try to get it. And maybe there'll be some, I, th- I believe there'll be some available on the whiskeyexchange.com as well. I don't know the numbers exactly. Uh, that's a that's a marketing question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but we are trying to get some opportunity because we're getting asked globally with people to, to look at some of these things. I've, I've definitely bought Law 40 cast strength for, for people coming in uh, a number of times. Uh, so, so if you're a listener and you happen to be in Toronto, let me know. I, a lot of time the answer is, is like, I bought a case. This is all I could find because it does sell out that quickly. However, I, don't, I, I think the one thing I want to say is um, that shouldn't diminish the value of the other three products in the product line. I think you're going to have something you really enjoy in the other three as well. If you can't get cast strength, um, it, it seems like Gooderham and Bikes where you can kind of hang around a little longer in the stores, maybe a couple of months or, or longer, you can kind of get those a little more on demand, uh, as you will. But the cast strength is really tough to get. Uh, but that's great to hear. I'm glad you're going. I, I'm so excited for you guys going to American market because I think that's um, not any, everywhere. I'm, I'm not going to two states. I know. I understand. <laughs> yeah. There's 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 more than two states. And there's only it. again so much liquid available too. Yeah. So that 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 becomes the challenge. But. Uh, uh, I mean, it, it is a great lineup this year, and I think even from our own distillery, an opportunity to review our J.P. Weiser's alumni series. Uh, yeah, let's talk about that a little bit, because that's... Uh, as well. Oh, I, mean, I know we're not drinking that today, uh, or on, on the audience, but I mean, uh, the alumni series is, as you know, Canadians are very much into the NHL and hockey, and mm-hmm. the NHL alumni... Uh, approached us to doing a project with them that half the proceeds of the sales of these products uh, will go to the NHL Alumni Association, half will go to our own company, and and this is to help NHL players that are are neat. I mean, I, I, you know, you think they get big contracts, but the majority of them do not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the more popular players that have retired from the NHL have stepped up and have come to this distillery here, and they actually sat down and had a chance to do blending one one with Dr. Don. <laughs> love it, love it. And, and they made their own recipes. Of course, I steered them in the directions of where I think they should go in their playing styles. And uh, we, we've we uh, released um, a, whole, a bunch of them to this date uh, um, that are uh, very exciting. They're all different. And yep. They're all matching their uh, own playing style. And they all retail around about the $50 mark in terms uh, of their whiskeys. And uh, some of them are winning awards in the Canadian whiskeys. Uh, for example, the Wendell Clark uh, yeah. whiskey last year with a high rye, 100% rye whiskey. That's It's got some column distilled rye in it and, and a mix of pot distilled rye in it. And uh, they're great. I mean, they're they're great guys that I had an opportunity to blend with. And uh, I, I would encourage the audience to try to pick them up. And they're in the Canadian market only mm-hmm. uh, as well. Yeah. But uh, very different. All of them are different, and all of them are exceptional whiskeys in what I'm playing with uh, around in the, in the distillery. Every time I come here, I'm always amazed at uh, how different every whiskey I taste is. And it's it's a very kind of like, oh, but you only, it says one distillery. And you kind of get an idea of like, you know, like aging and everything else. But uh, what you're able to do with some of these brands are, are interesting. And just everything tasted differently, which is great. Like, And I love that you brought in 
character, and it was again kind of a marketing challenge, right? So you had like, yeah. um, uh, Daryl Sittler's was a good one, right? Because that that's, that was like uh, you had to have certain for this, certain yeah, for yeah. So the Daryl Daryl Sittler, uh, his his moment in his hockey career, he scored ten points in a game, the most yeah. in a game, and uh, so he had six goals, four assists, and that's what I started with in the blend. Is I had six percent of a rye that I put into it, and four uh, percent of a wheat, and then I just went around that, and I built built the base whiskeys around it. We aged it out ten years, and I just think it's a nice rounded blended whiskey. And Wendell Clark, if you look at him, he he was a he's the captain of the Leaf, and he was a hundred percent rye, rough, tough kind of guy. So yeah, so you want a spiciness. So that was a hundred percent rye. And the thing I love about that Wendell Clark one, mm-hmm. what's the area code of Toronto? 416? Yeah, the strength of alcohol is 41.6. 41. Yeah, so of course it those is. Are, those are Easter eggs on it. Um, another one we did for the Western Canada was uh, Lanny McDonald. And if anyone knows Lanny McDonald, he's the iconic guy with the big mustache. And he played for the Calgary Flames. And he wore number nine, so it's a nine-year-old whiskey. And you talk to the guy, wonderful man, wonderful man. He, he grew up on a wheat farm. Yeah. So, again, I, I, I challenged him. It's a wheat forward blended kind of whiskey so that that's what we did there paul coffee uh, another western canadian uh, that w- that we did uh, if you met the guy he mean i think he can still play hockey today <laughs> he said he's pretty tough <laughs> yeah, i mean he's, he, like, he, he's great shape uh i mean great i can see why he skated as fast as he did for the edmonton oilers mm-hmm. um and high octane that's just what i thought of when i thought of it. so we actually the easter egg on that whiskey was 48 percent alcohol and he scored 48 goals in one season so for a defenseman for a defenseman which yeah. is very very odd or very hard to do um mark messier is another one we're going to release shortly and he was a he was here a, a, a couple of weeks ago um he 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 was he was the guy that won the cup in the, in New York, and yeah. he made his at uh, ninety four proof because he won it in nine uh, in ninety four, which was forty seven percent ABV, and it's yeah. an eleven year old because he wore number eleven. I mean, these are the things that we're doing. The Gila Fleur whiskey, yeah, beautiful. I mean, yeah. it's got three things in it, and that's all it because he scored a lot of hat tricks, aged ten years because he worked. That one's pretty virtually sold out. Yeah, yeah, he had yeah. The popularity, and if you ever met Larry Robinson, he—I mean, I can understand—he was very cerebral, very smart guy. Probably the most complicated blend, but I get it. I—I I, I get why he chose his whiskeys the way he did. And uh, the the captain series is will be the Messier and Dave Keon for the Leafs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know he's an old old uh, school, but he's the last captain of the Leafs that won the cup. Oh wow! Oh, I see. I didn't even know that. <laughs> Last captain, he's won the cup, and it's, he wore number fourteen. And he came in here with his recipe. Uh, he wanted to make something Scotch-like, so we brought in Speyside malt barrels for for him. It was fantastic. Because you have them. This is just because we have them kicking around. Yeah. <laughs> just you know, whatever. I mean. and, and the last one was Yvonne Cornway. If you remember Cornway, anyone who remembers the Paul Henderson goal in '72, at least I do, because everybody, every the commercial, Canadian, yeah. Corn, Cornway put the assist on that goal. Right. Right. He had beautiful hands, and at the same time, he was a gritty defensive player. So we try to balance those those notes in his whiskey, and uh, uh, he wore number eleven. So we will put eleven as the Easter. I mean, these are all the different things. I apologize if I've missed one of them there, but uh, um, I mean, these are all great blended whiskeys. Certainly, great club, only to be made once, and, yeah. and and it's a hand in that's a, that that makes it great and wonderful to be part of Canada and Canadian whiskey. Oh, that that's wonderful. I am. Um, um, 
and and you're also releasing other products. I, I feel like I've got like a million reviews I want to write um, uh, from just coming here because you're releasing something special for the BC market again. Yep. Yep. We're uh, and Saskatchewan, Manitoba, 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 Sorry, Manitoba yeah. market. Yeah. Uh, which we won't say anything about. I'm just going to tell you that they're they're wonderful. The BC one's a little weird. I think I like it weird. It's just it's it's going to be interesting. Like it's a whiskey you're going to want to taste. Um, and the Manitoba one. Um, Let's just say there might be some weed in there. There might be some weed in yeah. there. Uh, of course, it's Manitoba. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it is uh, it is. They're doing a celebration in the in the province of Manitoba this year, and this is why they're doing a specialty release. Uh, I, I'm I'm fascinated with your your wheat uh, program here because I do think you're uh, having tasted some of the cast uh, from wheat. I just I feel like I don't understand wheat well enough, and every time I come here, I understand a little bit more, but I still don't feel like I understand the flavor profiles and kind of what comes from it. But uh, um, I do think with, that's an interesting continuing play uh, here. We have a lot 40 wheat cast strength. Who knows? I mean, that would, that would be a little outside. That, the, that uh, is outside the, the that would be rye. outside the lot 40 franchise at the moment. Cause it's rye, but uh, I, I'm not, I'm going to honestly say it's crossed our minds. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's, it is you, that it has that opinion, which I like. You like, gotta crawl before you walk, and yeah, you gotta walk no, no, before you enough. run. <laughs> but it, the, the wheat whiskey does have an opinion, and I like that a lot about it. And I think the the play, kind of where you've introduced wheat into your lineup, as as you said, you're kind of gently introducing it here or there. It's been a very fascinating profile, and I've really much enjoyed that uh, that aspect of it. And I think that's that's different because, like you said, nobody does 100 percent wheat. Um, Canadians are, I don't know, when we do these things, who knows why. Um, but, uh, but the, the, the outcomes are really terrific. Um, so we've said this a million times, but do, uh, the Dr. Don, uh, the, uh, blenders experience here. If you're in Detroit, just drive across the border, bring your passport. Um, and there's a whole experience center here. You can do whiskey tastings here as well. There you can do a tour of the distillery, um, in, in Windsor. And if you're from Toronto, come down to Windsor. This is my recommendation is you do the day tour, then you go to the U.S. and you enjoy a little bit of the cocktail scene here. Then you go back to Windsor. There's some good cocktail bars in Windsor here too, and just kind of finish off the night, and then you're you're good. Yeah, it's there's a great uh, cocktail scene that started in in Detroit in the last two to three years. It's fantastic bars. It's spilling over into into Windsor now. Um, uh, I, I think this is one of the greatest distilleries in North America, and I certainly encourage the audience to come and visit us. If you can get into a blending one-on-one, I do restrict them to 20 people at a time for obvious reasons. We don't want to want to get it out of control, but, I mean, it is a great evening. I've had people come multiple times already. I've come one. I want to blend my own. I want to blend another one. I want to blend another one. I want to keep learning, and uh, and I think just, just showcases what we can do as Canadians uh, when we blend our whiskeys. I think after this podcast, we... we pulled some barrel samples and we're going to blend something just as the last drink of the day. Um, I can't talk about what we're blending because I guess it's stuff we haven't. Anyway, we're going to blend some stuff. It'll be fun. We can go blend um, some stuff, Mark, for sure. Um, and uh, so so we've mentioned that. And of course, um, you know, do follow Dr. Don on, on Instagram, especially on Twitter, I think is where you're more, most active. Both. both, both yeah. And LinkedIn, actually. LinkedIn is starting to get more and more popular, really? quite honestly. You telling me that, but like it's been around forever. I, just... I, I always thought LinkedIn was about finding a job, but quite honestly, I find mm. LinkedIn's great for announcements of new things. And that's where I probably do a lot of my announcing of new stuff and new things coming oh my out. God, so. I got to do LinkedIn. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I guess I have room because I, I I don't do Snapchat anymore. So yeah. obviously, like three years ago. But um, but yeah, maybe I should do more LinkedIn as well. 
Um, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, this is my annual pilgrimage. I will uh, I will enjoy it every single year. Uh, thank you so much for having and me on. We'll look forward to it, and you're welcome to come back next year. Cheers. Cheers.